What? Hmm. All right. Um, let's uh, let's go to Matthew. Uh, if you just want to look at it, we're going to be in a couple places tonight. Matthew chapter number eleven, um, and then we're going to we're going to stroll back over to Luke. Matthew chapter number eleven. We're going to stroll back over to Luke. So um, this, Lord willing, uh, this is going to be the final deal uh, to that hurried life, learning to rest in Christ series that we started. Um, we, man, we started that thing back in May, and this is like message 11 or 12 or something like that uh, for me so far. So, um, so yeah, praise the Lord. It's been good. It's been really good. I told, uh, I told Jordan last night, I was getting ready for it and um, studying a few things, and I told Sean before church, uh, I feel like the biggest hypocrite on the planet even preaching this tonight. Because I am doing anything but slowing down right now. Uh, it just feels like everything is uh, just picking up steam hard as it can at the moment. And most of it has to be centered around trying to find a place to live or trying to get a place ready to live. And uh, so, Lord willing, uh, six or seven more weeks and we'll have that, we'll have that thing done and uh, we can disperse the seven people staying in two bedrooms. Uh, yeah, we've been, we've been doing that since, uh, was it October? Yeah, oh, yeah. We've been doing that since October. We've been doing that since October, and it's been a real blessing, let me tell you. Uh, I'm almost, I, I, I thought I, I was, I was going to break a couple of times. I thought, well, this may, this may be it. I can feel the cords. I can feel the cords breaking one at a time. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you, uh, you better take heed lest you fall. Because I was, I was almost there, man. I was like, well, I. I may actually lose my mind in this in this whole scenario. So, but but I'm, we're almost home. We're almost home free, and uh, so we're just praying and working ourselves to death. And so, um, it's been good though. I'm just we're trusting the Lord. Um, we're trusting the Lord that Sean's guy that he normally works for uh, doesn't have any work to do for like the next several weeks. And uh, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord for that. Uh, it, it really has been quite funny uh, because Sean and this dude work all the time. And when I need Sean, he ain't got nothing to do. That guy just ain't got nothing going on. It's been the craziest thing. And, and so it's just it's really, I think the Lord's really been taking care of us. And, and we just, we need, uh, we need this, <laughs> uh, we need this thing just to take on off. I will say Sean does have it easier when he's with his other guy. Uh, I mean. Yeah, let me give credit where it's due. Sean has it easier when he works for his regular guy. Uh, so, uh, but with, with that said, uh, Matthew chapter number 28, uh, chapter 11 and verse 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I, uh, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest, uh, rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden's light. And 
So uh, we've used this verse as kind of the kickoff for the whole thing. And what, what is, what is the, the premise behind the whole thing is, and, and I think that you'll get this, is that Jesus Christ wants to give us rest. Like that's the biggest thing. When, man, when, when we think of Jesus Christ and, and we look at it from the perspective that God wants us to look at it, which is my yoke is easy and my burdens light, that Jesus Christ wants to give us rest. How many of you understand that Jesus Christ wants to give us rest? And not just any kind of rest, but he said he wants to give us rest for our souls. And why is that such a big deal? Well, well, because the only way that you and me get the product of rest for our souls is through Jesus Christ. How many of you know that like, like we've... Like we all looked, if we, if you, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, I don't think that we, we, all, we all didn't search for rest somewhere else, right? We looked for rest in other places, and then we realized that true rest and real rest came from Jesus Christ. Um, when we started back in May, we looked at six things that would destroy our lives, that, that the hurried life, the life with with no kind of sense of slowing down and, and getting some focus back on it. We, we looked at six things uh, in, in May that, that the hurried life destroys. And I'm just going to hit them real quick. And, and then, and, and then I want us to see maybe we have made a full turn back to, a, to an ideology that could in fact build our lives up and the, the hurried life be a thing of the past. Number one, the hurried life destroys your relationship with God. That was the first thing we talked about. Uh, number two, the hurried life decreases your capacity to love others. How many of you understand that that is a real truth? That, that, that number one, it does indeed destroy your relationship with God. And then it destroys your relationship with others in, with, the, with the understanding of, of you now don't have the capacity to love anybody else. Like you can't love people the way you should love them if all your life is consumed with hurry. Does everybody understand that? Does that make sense? Uh, and, and, then, and then the hurried life increases the power of temptation. Uh, when, when I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm totally frustrated, what, what usually happens is, is the, the power of temptation increases in my life. Why? Well, because I'm always looking for an outlet. To relieve my frustration. And in the day and age in which we live, it's really easy to find an outlet. It's easy to find an outlet to relieve frustration. You understand that, right? You understand that stopping, and, and I'm, not, I'm not recommending this, but you understand that stopping by a liquor store and buying a fifth of liquor is a lot easier in terms of finding an outlet to relieve your frustration than you getting than you going through the process of getting along with God. You, you realize that's true, right? It's harder to get your heart where it needs to be and to get along and find peace and rest for your soul than to go to the liquor store down the road. It's harder to get, it's easier to get in a relationship that you, can, that you can use to relieve your frustration rather than finding, going to Jesus Christ and finding rest, real rest for your soul. 
A hurried life numbs you to the injustices that break God's heart. The things that break God's heart, the sin that breaks God's heart, it numbs us. The hurried life gets us to a place to where that sin doesn't bother us. It doesn't make us think. It doesn't, make, it doesn't do anything to us. And, and I, I like this one because, man, I, I've, been, I've been super guilty of this one in the past. A hurried life increases narrow-mindedness and legalism. So what, what do you mean by narrow-minded and legalism? Well, it's, it's easier to be legalistic than it is to be spiritual. It's easier to draw out a list of ten things we don't do than to sit down and find a spot with God and see what it is God's called us to. Because here it is, you don't, you don't always have to know the ten things you don't do if you know the things God wants you to do. But there's more people concerned. I had somebody tell me today, well, the will of God so hard for, for me to understand. Well, I'm not dumbing the will of God down. But I will say, here's what I do know the will of God is. I do know that the will of God is that I present my body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God. Why? Because that's my reasonable service. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, the product of proving out the will of God is a transformed mind, and the transformed mind only comes by presenting myself a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable unto God. The process reverse engineered is that the will of God is I present my body a living sacrifice. that make sense? But a lot of times, I would just as soon get narrow-minded and make out a list of rules. Here's what we do and get real legalistic in my thought process. That's why, that's why people get tripped out with us. Because we don't got 10 million rules and regulations. The things that we don't do aren't plastered all over the wall and they're not preached about from here. But I'll tell you what, we do preach what we do around here what God called us to why because if you preach what God called us to we won't have to worry all that look we'll address that one on one what we don't do we'll do that in the office I, we got plenty of times where we sin is sin and God calls sin sin and we preach what sin is and we preach what God's called us to what has God called us to? He's called us to win He's called us to build and He's called us to sin and then the people that sent to win and to build and to sin and listen if we get consumed with doing that we won't have to worry about being legalistic why? Well, when we get in a hurried place it's easier to be legalistic and look spiritual you can look really spiritual and all you be is legalistic like your heart not been transformed but you look really spiritual and, and then number six a hurried life clouds your purpose and diminishes your passion it clouds your purpose and it diminishes your passion now I, I, I do I do want to say that there's a whole lot uh, being said about purpose and passion in the day and age in which we live. And make sure you don't confuse purpose and passion uh, for what, what I'm saying in terms of purpose and passion. I, I'm not talking about just in line. I'm talking about for the mission. 
I'm talking about for the mission of winning people to Jesus Christ, building them in their faith, and sending them to do likewise. That's what I'm talking about. It will, it, the hurried life will cloud your purpose. It will Listen, if we got it deep down in our heart that we wake up every day with a purpose, and that purpose has a driven passion behind it, God do some great things, man. But the hurried life, it, it completely takes that away from you. I, I, I said this at the end of the hat, and, and I, I think it's needful to say again. I don't believe that God is impressed with exhaustion. I don't believe that God is, is, man, look at him. He's down there and he's exhausted. That's a good one right there. You know why? Because I don't think that's what Paul did. Paul did a lot, but I don't think Paul lived in total exhaustion. Why? Well, because he found rest for he said he found rest for himself in Jesus Christ. So there's four things that we've dealt with, four major points, and and there uh, I did a real weird thing, and I did this whole alliteration thing that I don't normally do, uh, but 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 uh, we we dealt with these four uh, these four places or three places, and the fourth one we'll try to touch here tonight just a little bit. Uh, first thing we dealt with was silence and solitude. So how do I combat going, being in the place to where all of those six things are, are very evident in my life? How do I combat that? How do I overcome that? Well, we started off with this, silence and solitude. Silence, it, it sounds really simple, and, but I want to make sure that you understand what I'm talking about when I say silence and solitude. There, there's two dimensions of silence, and there's external and, and then there's internal. There's external silence, and then there's internal silence. And I, I think you could probably understand uh, with five kids that there's a whole lot of external silence going on in my life, right? I mean, sometimes it, 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 it's, it's mind-numbing. But, but I, I will say there, there has to be a moment in time to where you do get to a place to where there is an external silence. But I want you, I want you to understand... More than that, how many of you understand? More than that, you have to get to a place of internal silence at times. Well, how do you get to that place? My mind always runs. Well, where does it run? That, that's the thing. My mind is always running, but where does it run? Remember, we go back to Matthew chapter 11. In verse 28 through 30, where am I trying to get my rest from? Starts with a J. Jesus, all right? So, so where am I running with my, my mind's always running? Well, where is your mind running? Is, is your, when I'm looking to have an internal silence, where does my mind go? All right? And then we looked at solitude. What, what is this idea of solitude is intentionally being alone. And I'm not talking about isolation when I'm talking about solitude. Make sure you understand that. I'm not talking about isolation. I'm talking about solitude. Intentionally getting alone. Now, these are big because, well, we don't normally do that. We don't normally in, on, on in, in for like intentionally decide we're going to be alone. I will say this, if I don't do that, 
I personally, I, I for one, I have, and it took me a while. It took me trial and error to develop this. Like I, like it wasn't something, you know, because one, I'm hard-headed. I'm sure somebody told me this along the way. But for one, I'm really hard-headed. And I, if somebody would have told me, hey, man, you need to get alone with the Lord, with just you and your Bible, you and your Bible, you and the Word of God, you know, well, that sounds like a good thing. And, and then, and then I, I have to do that. Like I get to a place to where I have to do that. Like it's a necessity that I do that. And then God just turns light switches on, one after the other. God's turning light switches on. I'm like, man, Lord, I wish I had done this like five years ago, like ten years ago. This would have been really cool like ten years ago. Uh, so, so make sure you understand. I know you're, you're thinking, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't have time to do that. Intentionally getting alone is going to take intention, right? Intentionality. Get, you, you're going to you're gonna have to make time for it. Um. We, uh, we don't have time to go through all them, and and I was gonna look at some uh, look at some results uh, from not doing that, and and, and I will say um, if you if you don't do if you don't decide you're gonna intentionally get along with the Lord and practice some silence and some solitude, um, you're you're gonna you're gonna get to the place, and I know everybody in here. Um, has been there at one point in time, but everybody in here has moments in their life uh, to where they feel really close to God. You've been through that season. Nobody has to tell you what that season feels like. Why? Because there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. If you're a Christian, if you have the Spirit of God, you've been born again, you have been really close, and you may be there now, you've been really, really close to the Lord, and then you know what? You've been through seasons to where you feel like God is so distant and so many million miles away from you that your prayer wouldn't bust through a wouldn't bust through a ceiling tile. Here's what happens. How do you know? <laughs> because I've been through that season to where I know I know where the breaking point is. You may not have gotten there yet. But I know, and, and you know what? The Spirit of God will nudge me, and it's almost like you, you better slow down. You better stop. You wake up one morning, and you're like, yeah, I, I hear that, Lord. Why? Because the first thing you want to do is find a place to where it's just you and the Lord. And, 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 then, and then the second thing we looked at was this idea of practicing uh, the principle of the Sabbath. I'm not sure we're not, we're not talking about being Jew, Jewish here. <laughs> uh, this was, how many of you understand, uh, this was a, a pre, uh, prior to a uh, six, day, uh, six days of creation, the seventh came the Sabbath, which was before the Jews. Amen? It's before Israel. Does everybody understand that, right? Everybody understands that? Okay. Uh, so, so, so Mark lets us in, and, and you just listen to this verse. or you, you can go there, Mark chapter 2, verse 27. If you're taking notes, you just want to write it down. Uh, and he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Jesus is explicitly saying that that this was made for us 
And most of us ignore it. Like the, the Sabbath day, like, like, and God rested. God rested on the seventh day. What does this word uh, Sabbath mean? It, it means to stop. It, just, it means to stop. Just to stop. Stop doing stuff. Like just, 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 just quit doing stuff. You know, it, it's one of the Ten Commandments that has so much attached to it. Like, like, like it, you know, you, you got over here, thou, thou shalt not bear false witness. That's pretty simple. But, but, but it, 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 he says, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Like again, this ain't a Jewish thing, but but it's 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 reiterated again in in the law. Now we're not we're not just abolishing that altogether. Why? Because the the principle of the Sabbath was was that God made a day for us to stop. How many of you understand that God didn't need to rest on the seventh day? God didn't need a break. He wasn't sweating. He wasn't up there. Man, now all them trees, that was real hard. <laughs> right? That, that, you know, man, I, I splitting all them waters, that was a big deal. No, that God wasn't doing that. And, and, but why? Because God made that day for man. What, 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 should, what should I do with that? Well, I'm, I'm not going to go back through all that. We, I, can, I could re-preach that another day. But I, I will say... Uh, the principle behind what God's trying to get me and you to do is to find a day, a time, a place to where we stop. And, and here, not just stop, to keep it holy. What, what does that mean? It means that I do stop, but while I'm stopping, I set that day apart for the Lord. Now, every day is set apart for the Lord. It should be. Everything you do should be unto the Lord. Paul says, whatsoever by hand find, do it as unto the Lord. Right? Everything you do should be unto the Lord. But he said, take this time. You know why? Most of us don't take days. We don't take a six-hour time period. We won't take a four- or five-hour time period and set it apart under the Lord. And that's why some of us are coming apart at the seams. That's why some of us are so tired. Hey, go to bed one day at 4 o'clock if you feel tired. I guarantee you some of you could go to bed at 4 and wake up at 9 the next day. Right now. Because you wore slap out. You see, I don't ever think, I don't ever think that God intended for a man, and I know, I know there's a lot of, I look at, I look at the workforce that I was raised in, and, and look, if you didn't work 55 or 60 hours a week at a minimum, you wasn't doing it right. Like, it, my, like man, the, the group I was raised in, I mean, daylight to dark. I mean, they look. No, there was no time for kids. There was no time for your wife. There, why? Well, we got to work. That's the that's the culture where we're being bred to to be a part of. We got to work, and we got to work really hard. And we can't look. Well, we're gonna let my, my wife take care of the kids. We're gonna do this. And and, and listen, 
all that sounds like a good worldly plan. It just don't sound like a godly one. What do you want us to do? I want you to stop sometime. It may, it may just be you have to tell your boss, hey, man, look, I'm going to work 40 or 45 hours a week, and you know what? I'm going to go home and see my wife tonight. I'm going to go home and we're going to sit and watch TV. You know what? I'm going to go watch my kids play ball. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go to bed early tonight. I said, man, that is so far, and you know why? Because simple things like the principle of creating a Sabbath in your life, a, a time period to where you stop and to where you set it apart for the Lord is asinine in the world we live in. Because they want every second. Remember, it was, it was Satan himself. He is the prince of the power of the air. If you don't think he's designing the course that this world's living on, that this world's living in, man, we're all crazy. He is creating the society that we live in. You realize that, right? And it's so anti-God that it's going to try to pull you away. You know what happened? Lucifer did the same thing to Adam and Eve. He pulled them away from their quiet time in the garden. God came looking for them and God couldn't find them. Sin had separated Adam and Eve from the cool of the day, uh, from the cool of from the time with God in the cool of the day every single time. And you know what it do in your life every single time? All right, I've railed on that one enough. Simplicity. We looked, the last one we looked at was simplicity. It was silence and solitude, and then we looked at simplicity and. Uh, th this was the idea that we took from Solomon. Uh, <laughs> Solomon had all of these crazy women. Solomon had all this money. Solomon had all this fame, all this prestige, all these, uh, all these women that uh, the Bible says they, that those women drew his heart away from God. What, what, what was his heart drawn to? It was drawn to idols, but it was drawn away by those women. And he had so many of them. He had so many concubines and wives, that, and, 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 and they, were of, uh, they were of other beliefs, and, and he embraced them in his life, in his complicated life, in the midst of his complicated life. Those women drew his heart away from God. We say it all the time in my house. That's why, it's, and, and I'm, I guess we'll just re-up on this just for the sake of, you know, maybe it's just what the Lord wants. That's why it's so important to marry right. It, it, the, the idea that I'm going to fix whoever I marry is a sham. This ain't, this ain't my, this ain't, this, this ain't an episode of this old house. Right? Oh, she's a fixer-upper. He's a fixer-upper. We just got to get him in church, you know. Like, he's going to like me anyway, you know? Like, for real. Like, she's going to like me. Like, it's not going to happen. Nine times out of ten, whoever, whatever lost person that a saved person brings in here, 
and they hear preaching come from here, they're, they're, they'd probably like Dylan more, but it won't take them but a three or four weeks. They wouldn't like Dylan either. You understand, you understand that, right? Like you're, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I've seen come in here, uh, how many saved people I've seen come in here with lost people or people that were out of the will of God and been like, oh, yeah, we're going to get them in church. Man, two weeks, they're like, eh, see you. It just don't work. And so I'm always beating that drum in my house. Like, listen, I know the pickings are slim at, at GHBC, but they're slim everywhere, all right? You may have to go out of state to find the person that you're, you're, you're looking to spend the rest of your life with, but I will say this, you are better off alone for the rest of your stinking life than marrying wrong. You would, let, you would rather live, and, 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 and the single people in the room's like, man, I, I'm trusting the Lord for that statement, but it's hard. Uh, but, but but you would, I'm telling you, reaping and sowing has shown me. And, and you, want, you want to see what the reaping looks like? Go for it. Man. Getting a person in your life that won't draw your heart away from God, but draw you to Him. There ain't nothing like that. There ain't nothing like having a, a person in your corner that's not going to draw you away from the things of God. It's going to be okay with you giving your time to other people. It's going to be okay with you giving your money to other people. It's going to be okay with, with you giving your all to people that won't give their all back to you and, 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 and giving your time to other people that won't give their time back to you. It, hey, if you can find that, man, you got it whooped. And if you can't find that, and you got to settle for what, you got to settle on the other side of God blessing your life, man, I just don't, I, I personally, I don't think it's worth it. And then this last one, slow down. Slow down. The hypocritical statement of the night for me is to slow down. Uh, <coughs> because part of me wants to go home and sit down, and then the other part of me wants to go back to my house and work tonight. But... I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to do what this says, and I'm gonna try to slow down. Why? Well, look, look, let's look at Luke chapter ten, just for just for uh, just for a few minutes. Luke chapter number ten. Um, we're we're gonna look we're gonna look at uh, we're gonna look at Mary and Martha, uh, ju just for a minute, and I, I want you to see a couple of things in light of learning to rest in Christ, trying to get out of the hurried life. I want, I want you to look at somebody that did rest in Christ, and then I want you to look at somebody that did not. So there's two people in the story, Mary and Martha. Y'all know how this thing goes, but we're going to read it. Uh, now it came to pass, verse 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was covered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost, not, dost uh, thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art, thou art careful um, and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now make sure you get this. Jesus has entered into 
uh, entered into their house. He has, he has come into Martha's house. And, 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 and Mary and Martha are in the house. There is one that, that you can literally, you can feel the, the angst in Martha. Uh, she, she, is, she is extremely worried about everything but Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, will, I will say this. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll look a lot like Martha. Like, like we'll, we'll be worried about, about everything. And, and here's, what Jesus, here's what Jesus does to Martha. Martha, you're, you're careful. You're full of care. That word careful, I mean, if you understand, it means full of care. Thou art careful. And, and you're, you're full of care and troubled about many things. Okay? Now, Mary, the, there's the one thing that's needful that Mary has chosen, and it's the good part. And what is that? Well, we know, we know it to be that Mary was at Jesus' feet hearing his words. Now, what's crazy about this whole thing is you you can almost hear the Lord say, Martha, you need to slow down a minute. You're troubled about all these things that don't even matter. Why? Because he said there's how many things are needful? One. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm not much on a... As much as, uh, much as I, I absolutely despise cleaning, I'm not much on living in a dirty house. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I hate it. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's the worst thing uh, that 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 you know that I have to do a lot of times in my house, and I try to get out of it as much as I can. Especially two seventeen-year-old girls, I'm a real, I'm real good at getting out of it. Now, when they're gone, I don't know what we're gonna do, but. Because Ruthie, uh, you can't put nothing off on her and expect it to get done. Um, so that that's that. Uh, Sergio and Claire was it? it yeah, they're they're my go-to's right now. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what all Martha was full of care about. I don't know if it was the house being clean. I would imagine it was. I would imagine she had the same problems we do. Company comes over. You're, you're trying to figure out, man, we got to make sure the house is clean. Company's coming over, right? Well, Jesus has shown up now. Like the, the, the whole ball game has changed when Jesus Christ shows up in your house. Unless your mind is fixated on things being clean versus words being heard. So, so one is about cleaning the outside and the other is about getting something on the inside. And, 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 and so what, what, what Jesus is relaying to Martha, he's not condemning Martha and he's not praising Mary, but he does let Martha know that what she's concerned about is not the one thing that she should be concerned about. And without saying anything to Mary or praising Mary, he says Mary does see the one thing that is needed. Okay? 
there was a good chance that a lot of us are worried about things like Martha's worried about and forgetting things like the things Mary is worried about. Why? You know what most of it is? You can see what Mary was working on. You couldn't see what Martha was working on. I mean, you could see what Martha was working on. You couldn't see what Mary was working on. Like, you can see that their stuff needs to be done. Now, don't go, don't go out here and say, I said, uh, you, you, you know, well, i got to read my Bible. We ain't cleaning the house tonight, all right? <laughs> I think we need more Marthas, amen? Like, I think we need some people uh, with some Martha in them that will work and, and, and understand that the one thing is still needful, amen? Uh, yeah, okay. So, so, so but, but there is this idea that I need to realize that sometimes I've just got to slow down. Psalm 37 in verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord. And then it's got the God-awful statement at the end of him, at the end of it. And everybody, how many of you is good with, how many of you is good with resting in the Lord? Anybody good with resting in the Lord? How good are you with and, and wait patiently for him? Man, everybody, every, man, I like that resting in the Lord business. Man, resting in the Lord, man, I, that's what I, that's what I want to do. But but that waiting patient now, now let let's apply that that part. All right, Lord, I want to. Uh, yeah, I like that resting in the Lord part. But I don't know about patiently waiting for you to change situations in my life. I just ain't. I, I got too much to do to do that. How, how about? I'm going to rest in the Lord. But Lord, I, I, I'm really struggling to patiently wait for you to change my kid's heart. I would rather change it for them. I'd rather do it for them. How many of you understand that you can't change your husband's, your wife's, your mama's, your daddy's, your children's heart? You can't do any of that for them. So what do, you, what do you do? You patiently, you rest in the Lord and you wait patiently for Him to work. You see, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, I, I think we get crazy when we get in this idea of, of, of hurrying. It applies to spiritual things. That's, that's why discipleship around here, it, it's, it, it sometimes it can be such a, a, a thing to convince people of because you're talking about, unless you're me and Charlie, unless you, unless you have to deal with me, you're talking about a, a year, a year and a half. Now, now we're on our first round still. Uh, yeah, sorry. To, uh, you know, to, uh, we're on our, the, the second, the second go-round has got to be faster than the first go-round. Let me say that. God. Hey, but we're loving it, doing it, right? Amen. All right, so, so. Discipleship is one of the things, you know, G Jesus takes uh, 
12, three and a half years. I'm not saying go three and a half years. But let's just say, all right, you're, you're, you present the buy-in on discipleship and you say, it's a year and a half. A year and a half? You want me to wait a year and a half? You, I'm supposed to do this thing for a year and a half? I thought you was resting in the Lord and patiently waiting on Him. Well, I'm I'm not doing that for no year and a half. I'm I'm you know I'm I'm way ahead of that. Oh, okay. Well, don't you know Jesus is coming back? I'm like, what better could you do waiting on Jesus to come back than be going through uh, the process of discipleship? That sounds like a no brainer to me. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if it happened while we was together? Remember, don't, don't, don't stray away from why we started to begin with that we were, we were trying to understand and trying to get some framework around this idea now, now that Jesus wanted to come and give us rest. There's some... I looked up last night. I was... These are awful. But there's... There's some, they say, there's a way to, uh, to practice the concept of slowing down. There's, there's ways you can do that. And I'm going to give them to you. They're quite comical. Maybe they're true. I doubt it, but maybe they are. You ready for the first one? Drive the speed limit. Yeah, easy now, bro. Hey, you know, you know, Brooks wears a badge, don't you, son? Shh. Yeah, for real. Are right, you ready for the next one? Get in the slow lane on purpose. Brooks is gonna love this one. Come to a full stop at stop signs. Just telling it all about there. Praise the Lord. Now this this one's probably this one's probably a good one. It, it, it is a good one for all the late arrivals. Make make a point to show up at least ten minutes early. Uh, six. You this, this is a great one too. Uh, number six. Choose the longest line at the grocery store on purpose. Terrible is an understatement. Walk slower. It, it, this, this is a good one. Uh, take up journaling. Take, take uh, one, one of them was take long and, and frequent walks. It's clearing your head. Um, yeah. All, all these, when I was looking them up last time, I was like, well, they'll find these comical. It, at least... Uh, Nothing else, they'll find them comical. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not practicing slowing down by finding the longest line at the grocery store. It ain't happening. It never will happen. I'm not getting in the slow lane going home tonight either. I'm going to get in the fast lane and I'm going to boogie on back to the house. But I will say, I will say, we 
could greatly benefit from just slowing down. Why's that? My my father-in-law, and he he uh, he had all kinds of just wide, just really wise statements that he would just throw out there. And you know, I'm the weird guy that I may I may not sometimes when I hear them, I'm like, eh. But I'll fr- I'll file in things somewhere in the back of my head. And it's like God gotta just pull them out time to time. He would say all the time, you know, he's getting older. I don't know how old was he when he passed away. 61 years old, still strong as an ox, had back surgery, neck, just, <laughs> just running nonstop. But he made a statement. He said, he, he worked hard. He worked like a, like a maniac all his life and regretted at the end of his life. Let me, let me say this. If the man had to testify, if the man could testify, let the grave testify right now. God is my witness. He said, if I had to do it over again, I would have not worked like I did. Daniel, you've heard him. You've heard him. Me and Daniel's heard him say it. I mean, Jordan's heard him say it. Listen, he spent more time with his grandkids than he did with his own kids. And he said, I wished I'd have done the same thing with my kids. But I remember him, I remember him making a statement. He said, you may outwork me one week, one day, one month. He said, but month in and month out, year in and year out, you'll never outwork me. Billy was one of them guys that, that he believed that in slow and steady won the race. Getting up every morning and doing the small things wins. Getting up every morning and being efficient wins every single day. And Billy's idea was I'm going to get up and I'm going to win today. I'm not going to worry about winning next week. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to get up and I'm going to win today. I'm not, I can't worry about what ain't here yet and I'm going to worry about my today. It could just be that we're so inefficient in our lives that we don't have no time for God. We don't have no time to find any kind of rest with the Lord because we're so inefficient. It might just be that we need to recalibrate our entire existence as we know it. And you know what? Get to a place you say, well, I ain't got time to do that. Well, you ain't got time to find rest for your soul. You're going to keep spinning your wheels. You're going to keep being frustrated. And you're going to keep looking for outlets, cheap outlets, to relieve your frustration. And they ain't never going to soothe your soul. They ain't never going to give you what Jesus can give you. You're going to be mad. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be bitter. And one of these days, you're going to say, Siren R to this place. You'll be gone. And I, I, you know what? <laughs> I'm to the place. I'm to the place where I can see it now. And I'm like, man, that's a rough go. I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to happen. And ain't nothing you can do to tell anybody any different. Most of the time, besides let them see that it's coming. Let them know it's coming and watch it happen. Take some, take some over these 10, 12 messages, 11, 12, whatever they are. Man, take these things and, and see if you can't put some of this stuff in practice. And take, take it, man, try to get along with the Lord for 10, 15 minutes. 
practice this, this whole idea of, of, of simplifying life, a, a, a Sabbath time period to where, it, man, we're going to separate ourselves from the Lord and we're going to stop doing anything. We've been made to feel like not doing nothing is the world. I'm not talking about veg. I'm not talking about vegging out on Netflix for 12 hours either. I'm talking about not doing nothing, setting it aside for the Lord, Rec something recreational. Maybe it 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 is set aside for the Lord too. And then maybe just just understanding we gotta slow down. Amen. All right, we'll do something different next week. But I want to pray for us. And I want to ask the Lord to bless this thing. And ask God to take what we've heard and, and do something for us and in us that will cause us to move to a, to a greater relation, to a greater depth of relationship with the Lord. All right? God, I, I, I thank, you for, thank you for being good to us. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to see a little bit of your life and how, God, you, uh, you were never in a hurry. God, you, you, never, you never got in a hurry. You went at your own pace. And Lord, when everybody else was was trying to was trying to see who you were, you withdrew yourself to be alone with the Father. When when the fame of your name went out through the land, you wasn't worried about fame. You was worried about being with the Father. And God, may that be our hearts. Lord, did did we see the need to get along with the Father? God, you've been way too good to us. And Lord. Uh, may it not be, may, may we not be accused of being people that, that want to claim uh, to be resting in the Lord, but yet we can't, we can't wait on you to work in our lives. And God, the idea to rest in the Lord is so you can work. And so, so we patiently wait for you to work amidst our rest. God, I pray that you bless tonight. I pray, God, that you give us fresh ears to hear this. I pray uh, that the Holy Ghost prick every heart in this room for however it sees fit to apply this message. God, that we can, we can seriously contemplate how our lives are framed right now. God, I pray that you bless uh, the rest of our night, God, the rest of our week. Uh, Lord, I pray that you, uh, you use uh, whatever production that comes uh, through us, Lord, I pray, God, that it's multiplied for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen.